<laughs> okay, I can't even. You don't have to do that. Okay, we just land. I'm just gonna start. I'm gonna leave you out of the screen. Okay, everyone, this is Burn Beauty 2018, and as you can tell, I am having some kind of day, but I am very fortunate to be here with um, Ebony Dubois. She is another burn survivor, and more so, she's a mother of six, and a poet, and an entrepreneur, and she's just everything you want to be. She's overcome everything that's been presented to her. And she's still on screen. You can see she's just beautiful too, to add to it. So um, everyone, please meet Ebony DeBron. Hey, Ebony. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much, Tanya, for having me on today. Everything you said about me, I feel about you. And if they <laughs> knew the type of week you were having to push through and just to do this um, today, um, it just shows me how much of a passion you have for this and it's so important and I just thank you for the work that you're doing and I'm so happy to be able to talk with you today. There is a thank you. This is the second time this has happened with feedback. When you speak in the recording, this happened with Amyana. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try putting in some headphones, guys, earphones. Okay. Pull this into Ebony. And you yeah. can tell the sound it's making. So y'all bear with us. You know how we do this. We're just, this is the way it's happening. But thank you so much, uh, Ebony, for just for saying that because it has been a tough week. But mm -hmm. this whole show is about, you know, this music playing this whole show is about overcoming and um you know i would just like to hear your story you mm -hmm. know i'm clearly so flustered so i'm gonna hand everything over to miss ebony and i want you to hear her story because it's uh it's amazing i've heard it and it's amazing i want you to take from it everything that you can i'll be um this week, I'm not doing my face a lot. If you're watching on the YouTube stream, you're going to see me doing some body coverage with Dermabland um, because I just had an opportunity to try this and I really want to show y'all what you can do right here um, in an area that I don't normally cover. But in case you want to, I'm going to do it for you and I'm going to show you. And Ebony's going to tell us her story of how did you get burned? Sure, I will definitely share that. Um, it was March 2019, so just a little over three years ago. I was cooking in my kitchen, just doing something I always do, cooking in my kitchen. I had a pot of hot oil on the stove that I was going to use to actually make some french fries for my kids. Something I always do, like I said, it was nothing out of the usual. And so... Today, um, I'm sorry, that day, I took the fries and I threw them in the oil um, and they were frozen, which I know now probably wasn't the best idea, but I had done it before, it was no problem. But this day, the oil, something about the ice and the oil, the oil just 
exploded into flames, like flames just came up out of the pot. And I was standing right over the stove, right next to the pot. And the flames were so strong that they actually hit me in my face. They kind of burned me under my chin and then they, they hit me in my face. And in the, in the shock of it all, I ended up knocking the pot of oil off the stove and it, and it poured on my arms and down the front of my body. And then I slipped in the oil that was on the floor. Yeah. And it just burned some other parts of my body. And, you know, believe it or not, I didn't, I didn't think it was that bad. So I immediately ran to the bathroom and I looked in the mirror because I just wanted to see what my face looked like. I felt like if if my face was okay, um, that, you know, it would be all right. And I looked in the mirror and my face looked fine. It was just shiny. It looked fine, though. Um, It wouldn't be fine in the weeks to come, but in that moment, it was fine. And, um, you know, I saw my arms. uh, I I knew looking at my arms that I was going to have some burns on my arms. I just didn't realize the extent. And so um, I screamed for my daughter, my older daughter. Is that the product? You know, it's okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah, yeah this is an awesome product that mm-hmm. uh, I just want. To, I don't talk about it while I do it, but they, uh, it's awesome. Yeah, we can weave it into what I'm saying. You know, we can okay. throw, throw <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to make sure they saw the, the product as well. Yeah, like, it is <laughs> entrepreneurs, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Right. We can weave it in. We definitely can. Um, but your daughter. Yes. So my I called for my daughter to call 911 and she, and she did that. And um, luckily, no one else was in the kitchen with me. I had kids in the house, but no one was in the kitchen with me to get hurt. But um, Good. The, the paramedics came to the house. And the first thing I remember them do is, uh, doing is cutting off my clothes. So they cut off my shirt. And yes. I, you know, I didn't have any bra on or anything. Yep. They, they cut off my shirt and they say, ma'am, we're not trying to expose you. We just need to see the extent of the burns, the burns. Uh-huh. And yeah. then, so they also cut off my pants and, and from hearing them speak, it was like, it was, it was worse than I thought. And they said, we need to get to her, her to the hospital immediately. And they put me in the ambulance. And I just remember fading out of consciousness. Yeah. And I don't know why I faded out of consciousness. Consciousness. I don't know if I blacked out, I don't know if they gave me medication, but I was still right in front of my house um, when I started fading out of conscious consciousness. And it's like everything was going in slow motion. Uh-huh. Everything was going in slow motion. And it's funny. I thought I was dying. I thought I was dying, Tanya, even though I didn't yeah. think my burns were that bad because yeah. I was fading out and everything was going in slow motion. Uh-huh. And I could hear people talking, but it was like, it was like a tunnel, like an echo. Right. And I was like, man, I must be dying. And then I also felt like, mm-hmm. I felt like this, the stress just leave my body. Like I have been. Yeah. Did you also experience something similar? I did, I I experienced a lot of what you did. Uh-huh. First of all, the first thing I did was run in the house and look at my face. Did you? Did you? That that really touched me when you said it because. Yeah. I looked at my face and it was red and I thought, okay, I'm okay. Yeah. Right. This I can deal with. Right. 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 Oh. I didn't even realize that my clothes were turned off. So that was very touching. But like you said, you know, w- 
within a few days, your skin is turned black and blistered and started to peel off. But you don't, nobody knows that until it happens to them. You know, it just looked red to me and well, it should be red. I'm hot. But Mm -hmm. in the ambulance, the last words that I remember were things did get slow, Mm -hmm. but the last words I remember were pushed fentanyl. So I think they probably dose us. And then like they dosed me high enough that everything went black. Mm -hmm. I don't remember anything else for two months until after the, after the, um, after I came out of my coma. So a lot of that is really, you know, I've got to tell everybody it has been a very difficult week. And Mm -hmm. just hearing you say that um, for me, I draw a lot of strength from, our similarities yeah, and the too. things that we've all been through. So that's mm-hmm. amazing that that happened, but I bet it was fentanyl that maybe they, cause they have to do something for the pain. They gave you something. They had to, right. They had to, they had to give me something and whatever they gave me, my, I just felt my stress release. Cause I was so stressed that week with everything that was going on. And I just felt my stress lifting and it was just, it was a good yeah. feeling, but it, a few minutes after that, I don't remember anything. And I too was in a coma, but not as long as you, but I was in a coma for about three, about three weeks. That's all I got. Yeah, about three weeks. And I remember some being in that coma like state. I remember I, I was conscious in my mind. I knew I was asleep, but I didn't know how to wake up. And it was mm-hmm. a weird, it was the weirdest thing. I realized mm-hmm. that I was sleeping, but I just couldn't bring myself to wake wake up. And then I was having nightmares because they were they were giving me some type of medicine, and that it was just giving me nightmare after nightmare after nightmare after nightmare after nightmare for two months. It's um, yes, I mean that is so. We've never we've talked before, right? We've shared shows before, but I never realized these similarities because I yeah. just had nightmares and nightmares and nightmares. Yeah. And I didn't know I was in the hospital, mm-hmm. but I knew I was having nightmares Yes, and I couldn't wake up. Yes. I you couldn't know? wake up. Yes. That, that terrible feeling everybody's mm-hmm. had it where you're having that nightmare and you're trying mm-hmm. to jolt yourself out of it. Right. For three weeks for you. Right. And, you know, it's uh it's super, super scary, but at the same time, you're so medicated that, right? You know, you just it's just go with it. Yeah. You just what do you? What am I going to do? I can't wake up. You can't wake up. You don't know what's going on. You don't know where you are. Right. And and it's a, uh, it's mm-hmm. just something in and of itself to get through and just just live through it's 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 an uncommon experience so it is but for us burn survivors and probably a lot of other trauma survivors it's not that uncommon right right so so So, then what happened after the coma so when i finally woke up from my coma um i had a tracheotomy um i see you have a little scar my scar is huge but yours is just like a a little dot I d- they told me there wouldn't be a scar at all. Really? <laughs> yeah, they're like, it heals up, doesn't leave a scar. But like, I'm like, look at that thing. Normally, I keep necklaces over right. it. But I wanted to show, you know, listen, right. 
like this change in color, but normally I keep necklaces over it and I didn't even really realize that it looks like this, but you know, it kept, it kept us alive. So it did. You can put mine back in if you need to, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I did not like it at all. At all. But you can put it it. back in. Yeah. I didn't like it at all either. So I woke up and I had the, the trach in, so I couldn't talk because of the trach. Um, and I didn't know what was going on. So I was afraid because I had been having those nightmares. And when I finally woke up, I felt like the people who were around me were the ones trying to hurt me. Right. Yeah. You had the nightmare of people mm-hmm. trying to hurt you. I, My nightmare was somebody was trying to hurt my chest. And oh. I now know that was the nurses coming in to scrape. <gasps> they need to scrape and scrape your skin. Oh. Uh-huh. Now I put that together. That's oh. what that. That was my biggest fear in my nightmares every day. Somebody's going to hurt my chest. How do I get away? I got to run. I got to run. Wow. You you had that same thing. I did. I did. I felt one of my nightmares, it's crazy that my brain processed it like this, but I felt like I was in like, like a meat grinder machine and somebody kept turning the wheel. And every time they turned the wheel, my body would like crunch up. And then they would turn it and I would crunch up some more. They were scraping. I, 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 now that you mentioned that, I think it, it it was either like they were scraping or maybe they were doing like a like a surgery, like a, a surgery. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, the, the scraping it, that. The, yes. Yeah, they do do other debridements. But my husband told me because, mm-hmm. you know, he was there the whole time. I don't know if yours could stay because you have your kids, too. You know, I mean. But right, he came and went. Mine are, my kids are grown, so he was uh, there and he told me, he was like, you know, the nurses would come in every day and spend two or three hours at first just scraping, scraping, scraping the dead skin, two or three hours. So that's enough to give you a nightmare, but it's also enough for everyone listening to know that the pain is so severe mm-hmm. that even through hypnotics and what you know paralytics and fentanyl yeah we we feel the pain it's Mm -hmm. that intense of a Mm -hmm. pain you know it's that bad right and um i feel fortunate to have been in the coma because when i woke up i heard people who maybe had maybe lighter burns, but still a burn is a burn and it's bad, but maybe weren't as severe, as critical as I was. And they were awake having the debridement done. I I can still hear this woman's voice Mm -hmm. screaming, please, please, please just stop. It's okay. Please just leave it alone. And I just remember way in there just thinking it was not long after I woke up. I just remember laying there just thinking, where am I? Am I going to, is this okay? Am I going to make it? Oh, am I wow. okay now? Am I okay now? I mean, you, you get through the coma. Right. Did, did you wonder after the coma? I mean, you, you thought that people were there to hurt you, but did you also have that doubt? Like, am I going to make it? Is this it? Oh, Can I get through it? Or is oh, it yeah. still, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So when I, when I woke up and I finally, you know, got through, got through all that mental fog and I was able to see that my body was, I had bandages from head to toe, you know, my, my arms, my legs, everything was wrapped up. 
And I got to thinking like, what in the world? Like, did this happen from just that little accident in the kitchen? Like, I'm did you fail? Yes. I, I just thought maybe my leg would get a little oily. I didn't realize I needed a whole graph on my leg, like a whole graph on my legs and my stomach. And like, I just couldn't, I couldn't realize that. Like a process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like how, this is so much damage. And then so I really got a glimpse of the damage the first time. You know, well, let me just first say when I saw all the bandages, I just immediately just felt so sad because I was like, what is, what is this going to look like in the future? Uh -huh. yeah. What What is my future going to look like? Am I going to, you know, how bad is the scarring going to be? At that time, I didn't even know what that was going to look like. Am I going to be limited in the things I, would, I could do? And I just became so like immediately just depressed. Yes. Just immediately depressed. Like, yes. What am I going to do with this? Yes, yes. Like this. Yes, yes, yep. Yes. Like, I, I couldn't see my future. And, but luckily, I had my phone where I could access social media. And I just started Googling, like, burn survivors, Googling people who had been through that, you know, in my downtime. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of time, I was either drugged up in pain, doing physical mm -hmm. therapy, you know, so I didn't, you know, I didn't have that much time just to sit with my thoughts. But when I did, I would look on social media and I would find burn survivors. And that just gave me the little bit of hope I needed to get out of the hospital because I saw people who were five, six, Make seven them. years yeah, in the future and they were fine. And I was like, OK, it's possible that people still can live happy lives. But the the first time I really got a glimpse of the extent of damage, I was I had to go take a shower. Yeah, you know, you know those showers. I do not like that shower. That I just saying it made me feel some kind of way. Those showers. I still had my trachea in. I still couldn't talk, so I couldn't. Mm -hmm. I couldn't cry and make sound, and I couldn't scream and make sounds. But I was screaming without a sound. Right. Because when they unbandaged everything, and they and they do such. At least my nurses, they did such a wonderful job of trying to put ointments on so things wouldn't yeah. stick. But things still but they stuck. Still it <laughs> they still oh. stuck. So when they went to unbandage everything, it, it the, the pain, like on a scale of 1 to 10, it was a 20. Like the pain right. was so intense. And the bandages, every time they would unwrap it, I just felt like they were ripping off the top layer of my skin. Yeah. Like how can it heal if you keep doing this? Right. Did you get it? Right, right. right. Just, yeah. But they, they said it was necessary to prevent yep. infection. But yep. it just, it's like they were just ripping off the top layer every time. And the worst was my back. You know, I, my whole back was used as a donor site. And for some reason, the the donor site, most of the time, it's just like a thin, it's like a thin layer of skin was uh -huh. removed. But for some reason on my back, I don't know, maybe the machine went like too deep, but my back was so painful for months. And so every time they took the bandage off my back to shower, I just, I just felt like, like I said, like a the layer of skin was being ripped off, and I would scream, but there would be no sound because uh -huh. I had the trach, and I would cry, and there would be no sound because I had the trach. They had your trach. Um, I still had the trach in. They had it. Um, capped. Capped. That's they had or, it capped. Or they and, and you must have they had a balloon in it that was inflated. It, it was something because. I could talk with my trach unless okay. they put the balloon type in okay, maybe for surgery and they would inflate it. Maybe that was it. 
but they were doing something to protect you. The reason I can't remember why they inflate it, mm-hmm. but it was to protect you. But yeah. I, I can that to me is even more terrifying not being able to. Yeah, was, communicate. I couldn't communicate. I couldn't tell them, and of course they would see my my facial expressions, and you know I'd be shaking, and they would say, you know, they would do their best. Like before we went to shower, they would give me all kinds of medications. Yeah, but it just didn't work. Like, it doesn't. It's not. It there's work. not enough medicine, girl. It just. It just doesn't work. I I felt everything. And maybe what I was feeling, maybe it was a numbed down version of what I could have felt. I don't know, but I, I felt the pain and it was horrible. Yeah. And they would, they would try their best and they would, they would like wet the bandages so that they could peel them away gently, yeah. but it yeah. still was so painful. It was so painful. It, it's the worst. I don't think there's a pain worse than, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I've had natural childbirth, mm-hmm. I've had surgeries. I mean, we've all, I'm, you've had six kids. Mm-hmm. When the lady with six kids says it hurts, <laughs> it hurts. Right. I'll, have, I'll have 20 kids if I could never experience what I did with the burns because there, I've in my whole life, I've never experienced a pain that severe. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm only, you know, about 25, 30% burned. But I, there's people who are 70, 80, 90. And I'm like, how did they wow. live? How did they live? I know. I, I there was someone recently who was ninety five percent, and I think he's surviving. God, mm-hmm. it's the God factor, you it know. Is, the, it is. The doctors can do so much, but there's the God factor. It is because I'm, I'm only at thirty five percent burned, mm-hmm. but it's like the worst thirty five percent it could be. Kind of like. Uh, for you when it gets your face, chest, both arms, back, and you know, you know, and my chest all the way halfway down, you know, everything I just covered um, halfway down. So, you know, just when people, you know, whatever percentage burns you may be, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a big deal. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, And and like you said, when you when you hear the people that are at ninety percent, I just I just I just don't know. Yeah, I just don't know. What 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 did they feel? What did they experience? Because what I felt, I felt like I almost couldn't take it. Like I just right. I just don't know. And those like people, I, I, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah, how do they do it? How do they do it? And I admire them so much because. To overcome something like that, you are a strong individual. You're a strong but, individual. Just like we are, sis, because mm-hmm. that's why, you know, I'm working to do this mm-hmm. podcast. I was talking with you briefly earlier. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that overcoming is something that we learn as we um as we go through life, because we overcome smaller things, yes. but they, we don't even give ourselves credit for that. You know, just right. like having six kids and juggling your day is something that at the end of the day, you, we should say, yes, I did that. But we don't give ourselves credit until something really, really big That's happens. True. And, um, you know, it's just like, 
why don't we? But it's okay, though, because all those little, little, that I call them things that are, um, you know, helping us along, helping us learn, I feel like all those victories eventually add up to us being able to survive this, mm-hmm. the big, the big problems, you know, the, if you get burned or whatever mm-hmm. happens to you, just remember those little victories and that little bit of the confidence that you can draw from them can help you understand oh, how yeah. to go on. Oh, yes. Because the pain will tell you that you can't. And then the depression will tell you that there's not going to be anything else you can do Mm -hmm. in your life. You know, it's not true. Don't listen to it because it's not not true. It's lying to you. It's just the pain and it's common, though. You don't feel bad about it. You just have to keep going. And how did you keep going? (laughs) Well, other than going on social media is a big, big one. That's a good move. Yeah, that is. So I'll talk about what I did, but I just want to talk about that social media piece again. Like, I am so thankful for every burn survivor. They probably don't even know that they helped me. They probably don't even know. They'll never meet me. I'll never get a chance to meet them. But just by getting on social media, just like you do, and sharing their experience, I was in the hospital somewhere looking at them, getting that little bit of hope to move forward. And so I just I thank every last burn survivor that I that I was able to come across during that time for just being open enough to get on social media and not hide, you know. Right. That's the thing. I hid for about two and a half years Mm -hmm. and uh, I truly did because I didn't know what to do. You know, I didn't know anything else to do. Mm -hmm. And. um, But then, you know, my nurse. Miriam just said to me, um, you know, it's it's not the same, Miss Tanya. Your face has healed. And what's important about that is my surgeries had been stopped because of COVID. And those surgeries to me were going to fix me. They were the most important thing. I was having surgeries every four to six weeks. And they were definitely the most important thing in my life because they were going to fix my face. They were right. going to they were gonna fix me right. and make me happy again. Right. And then COVID came and just took that away. Mm-hmm. Then the depression. Mm-hmm. And so all you all you guys on all the burn survivor groups and mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't even know about those groups when I started Burn Beauty. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a big on social media. You know, I'm a bit older than you. I just turned forty nine. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I decided to tell my friends on Facebook what had happened mm-hmm. that all this came to be. And I found the support that I needed just by making a post and people asked what happened. I said, well, I'm just gonna make a video. And I put on my makeup and I didn't look it like this. And <laughs> but I put on my makeup and I made the video and I said, this is my new normal, this is the new me. And people started to contact me and say, oh, that's so, oh, you helped me so much. That's so yeah. encouraging. Yeah. And at that point, you won't, I couldn't stop. I felt like it was a moment where I realized what I could do with this burn face, 
you know, and and a little bit of makeup and uh, how much you can help others. I, yeah. I, I always tell the new burn survivors that as soon as you can help help somebody else if you can, even just, you know, just talking to somebody. It heals you them- too. It, yeah. it heals you to help other people. And I'll talk about, you know, my experience, but I, I just want to mention while it's on my mind. So while I was in my period of depression, trying to figure out how I was going to move forward, I searched on YouTube, you know, makeup, makeup for burn survivors and your video came up. And that's the first time I had ever oh, saw you. I promise you, your video came up. I even left a comment. So you, I don't know if you ever saw the I comment. remember. That's I, why I knew your name. Do you yeah. remember me saying to you when we were with Wendy? And I was like, your name yes. is so familiar, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. Because I read comments, and I, yes. but my memory isn't. Yes. That. I remember Sorry, girl. that. You know, yeah. your video came up and I watched the whole video from start to finish and you were having like a surgery on your eye. Yeah. But you were like you were talking throughout the video and you were just dropping encouragement. You were like, you know, we push through and you, you have like a little saying at the end of the video. Mm, this too shall pass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, if, you know what? You, let me put on my makeup and let me feel good about myself because do your thing girl right and And look at you (laughs) right so so and that's what it's all about like we we go through things but we just don't know how many people we can we can help and it's like a it's like a it's like a pond you know the ripple effect goes out Mm -hmm. so you made that video you helped me which in turn mm-hmm. it helps my kids because I'm a mom who's not in her her bed depressed, but it's helping my kids and then it goes out and it goes out and it's just like a ripple effect. Oh. So, so that's it. Um, I've never thought about it that way, mm-hmm. but there's some tears in my eyes, but they're joyous. Don't y'all worry. They're, <laughs> they're joyous to think about it that way that the the trickle yes. down effect of it. Yes. Yeah, so you're amazing. amazing, Tanya. And I tell you all the time, but those are my true thoughts. You're, you're an amazing. You're amazing. <laughs> and to keep doing what you're doing. <sighs> so when I came home from the hospital, <laughs> my face was all burned and it was all crusted and scabbed over and it was painful. Mm-hmm. And every day when I got up and I looked in the mirror, I, I didn't see myself. Like I, I saw myself mm-hmm. in the eyes, but everything else, it was like I was looking at somebody else. I couldn't, I, I didn't see myself. And because it made me so sad to look in the mirror, I just stopped looking in the mirror. Me too. I just stopped, did you? I, I wouldn't look in the mirror for the first, after I woke up, I woke up in mm. February, I wouldn't look in the mirror until April. Wow. And I and that was by mistake. I got strong enough to pick up my cell phone mm-hmm. and the black screen showed me the face. <laughs> it was devastating. Oh. You know, people always tell you it's just the anticipation and that kills you and it won't be that bad. But in this situation, it was a hundred times worse than I expected. You know what I'm saying? And I won't tell, you know, I'm not here to bring anybody down, but it was worse than I had in my mind. But it still came to be amazing in the end. It still came to be better. But that moment wasn't good. Mm -mm. You know? Mm -mm. So I stopped looking in the mirror 
it got to the point where I, I was so depressed. I didn't want to get out of bed and, you know, I didn't realize it, but I, I was staying like two and three days in the bed without doing anything. Like I would yeah. get up to use the restroom, maybe brush my teeth. I'll get right back in the bed. Uh-huh. And then before I knew it, it was nighttime. And my husband would be like, you know, get up, let's go out. And I'm like, well, you don't have to. And I didn't mean to be mean, but he didn't understand. I'm like, you don't have to sit at a restaurant. And when the waiter comes over, they're staring at all the scabs on your face. Like, you don't have to get the looks. You're you're not dealing with that. So it's easy for you to say, let's go out. You uh-huh. know, it's a whole social aspect that I don't want to deal with right now because it's too hard. You know, people, they, they look, they don't know what happened. And then they're curious and they look just Mm -hmm. like a car accident. They, they, they don't mean harm, but it does not feel good. It it does not feel good. It makes you feel like something like just odd and like a sideshow, like a sideshow. And so when I start, yeah. Yeah. And when I started going to the restaurant, when I finally got the courage, like I, the waiter would come over and I would hold my head down and I would order yeah. like with my head down. And it's just because I didn't want to make eye contact because I didn't want to see, you know, I didn't want to see their expression or there's two things. Sonya. I didn't want to see them avoiding looking at me because they didn't, because you knew that maybe yeah. some people would try to avoid it because they thought it was respectful, but really right. you, you can see them avoiding eye contact. Yeah. And then I didn't want to see them, like the reaction in their face. So I would just hold my head down in order and I would go places and I would talk with my head down and it was just a period of depression. And then I realized one, you know, one day I realized I can't, I can't change what happened. I can't change what happened. And I still got, there's still a lot of things in the this life that I want to do. Mm-hmm. I just gotta, I just gotta accept myself the way I am. Like yeah. Ebony, has not changed. It was just the body, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's it's just, skin. It's, yes. <laughs> it's just skin. Look how you can fix it if you want to. But boy, inside. You're the same. Heal that. Heal that inside mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. how did your children take it? Because you they, they're varied in age, right? Yeah, they're, they're varied in age. I was I was worried about that. Little kids, little kids, the younger ones. Are very are more accepting. They're brutally honest, so they're going to mm-hmm. tell you if they notice something. But they are so accepting because by mm-hmm. nature, little kids accept everybody. They may ask you questions, but they're not going to reject you because of mm-hmm. something. Because of something, yeah. yeah. Because of the difference, mm-hmm. they're not going to do that. So with my little kids, I was mom. They didn't care. They asked questions, mom. You know what's going on here? What's this? What's that? But they accepted me just the way I was. My older kids, I was worried about. I was worried about embarrassing them because I know people look at me now. I'm three years out. You know, my my face is covered in makeup. I do have black scars, you know, black burns when my face does not have makeup. But I look pretty normal. But back then it, it, it wasn't the same thing. And so I was afraid of embarrassing my children. Like if I would go up to school and I would try to go to their events. Hold was, on a minute. Hold on a okay. second. Sure, sure. Wait a minute. There's something going on with the sound. I don't like the way you're. You're sounding, and I don't want people to miss this. Okay, sure. I don't know what it is, y'all. I'm sorry that I'm new to podcasting. I don't understand why it wants to get feedback, and there's no, there is no feedback to be had. So, 
tell them now. Why would these make that stop? Right. You know? <laughs> right. It's weird, right? Can and you hear me? Yeah, it's still doing it a little. It's got a little crinkle in it. I just want them to hear your words about okay. the little kids being so accepting of it because, mm-hmm. because um, these things are taught, not born, you know? Look, they are. And it's something you can teach your kids now. Yes. Like, oh, if they stare at someone, oh, look, isn't she beautiful? Look how different she right. is. Something, you right. know, you can... Right. Don't acknowledge it. Don't act like it's a sideshow, right? right? Just acknowledge it. Right. Right. And you can teach the little kids that there's beauty in differences. Differences does not mm-hmm. mean that that person isn't beautiful. Some of the most beautiful people I've ever seen are, you know, burn survivors. Like, I don't I don't want to say her name on the show because I don't know how she feels. But, the you know, one that we've worked the with. Model. Be- beautiful, beautiful. You know, with, with with the burns, with the burns. Yeah. Um, so there there is beauty in differences. You know, everyone doesn't have to look exactly the same to be beautiful. But with the older kids, I was more afraid of embarrassing them. Um, so they they never was embarrassed. They never told me, Mom, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I don't want you to come around. But I was I was embarrassed for them, which limited what I wanted to do with them because I didn't want them to be ashamed of me. And but they weren't. But right? they weren't. It was in my head. It was in yep. my head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because um my I didn't want to go out and be seen with my husband because I was like, mm-hmm. look, you look like you're saying, I was like, look, you look normal. Right. You look fine. And I and I would always say to him, you know, everybody's thinking, what's he doing with her? You know, right. I'm, I'm kind of limping, right? I, I'm limping. I'm old. I look, I look older. I'm on this job, and they're thinking, "What's he doing with her? She must have money, right?" <laughs> and he, and he'd say, "Baby, stop this, right?" <laughs> you know, he'd say, "Um, you know." He tells me now, he's like, "You're more beautiful than you were before," and I believe that now that I did not then. If it, you have to. Follow that path of self-acceptance before yes. you can do that. So mm-hmm. how long was it before you were willing to take your kids out? It probably was, it wasn't until the next year. So 2019 was just depressed the, mm-hmm. the whole year. Well, so 2000, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> so, 2020, 2020 for me. <laughs> 2020. That's what took me The thing about 2020, you know, 2020 is when the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. So although I was I was easing back out into the world, it was a lot easier to do so because people started wearing masks and uh, I could wear a mask. I didn't even think, why didn't I go out? I was too <laughs> depressed to even think uh-huh. that through. I could have put on a mask and no and a wig and nobody I never even thought about that until now. That's what depression does to you. Right, right. And so people started wearing masks. I could, I could put on a mask. It kind of helped with the social anxiety. I started easing back out there. But I quickly realized that if I was not careful, I would become attached to that mask, you know? Right. And so, so eventually, you know, I started making appearances, you know, without the mask, you know, whether it be online or, or in safe. Mm-hmm places where I could do it in person. But yeah, 2020 is when I started easing back out there and I just, and it and was like all about, 
it was all about self self acceptance, Tanya. Like until you accept yourself, you will never be comfortable anywhere. You just have to accept yourself. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I started accept, accepting myself. I told myself that with my clothes, that I would never dress to cover my burns. So uh -huh. if, if they if it covers my burns when I put on my outfits, fine, you know. Right. But, but if it doesn't, but don't make an effort. Exactly. Exactly. Don't I would make never, an Right. I would never dress to, to cover my burns because it's like a prison. Like, oh, I, I need to wear my turtleneck or I need to wear my long sleeves. There's no way to live. That's that's why I'm doing this, why I did this uh, makeup mm -hmm. today. I never do this, mm -hmm. but it is pretty. You know, yeah. it's a, it's a, it is pretty. it is pretty. And so I had never done it mm -hmm. until... I was contacted by Derma Bland and I was like, well, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. And now that I've tried it, I am a little bit obsessed with it. Not, not I don't have it on my arms at all. Right. And it's, so it's it's not about covering the burns, but it, it makes me feel kind of nice. You know, I, I and it's um it's moisturizing, it just makes me feel nice now. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad that it wasn't something that I latched onto you and thought mm -hmm. I had to cover my birds, you know? Mm -hmm. I like the option now. You know, mm -hmm. like you said, if the, if an outfit covers them, oh, okay. great. If and not, if I want to like mm -hmm. go out somewhere, be really super fancy, <laughs> there right. I am. But right. don't mind. Yeah, are, don't mind. These are tools. Make, yes. Makeup is a, a tool to feel your best, but it is yeah. not a requirement for for burn survivors. So they should use it as a, a tool, yeah. you know, if they want to, and they don't have to, but if I know I, I wear makeup every day, I love it. I wore yeah. makeup before I was I wore it before. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's not a requirement to love myself. It is a tool that I use to feel my best, just like my hair, just yeah. like my outfit, just like my jewelry, you know, it's not like you get burned and you should say, oh, well, now I'm a martyr. I better not wear makeup. I better not do my hair. Right. Or people are going to think I don't, you know, I, I don't appreciate mm -hmm. whatever or I'm trying mm -hmm. to hide. No, sis or bro, you can do, you can do your hair. You can do your makeup just yeah. like you did before. Mm -hmm. You know, look at my chest. I'm so, I'm so proud of that. I, went, <laughs> I never thought it, I never thought I would see my chest look like that again. And it's just like, there's all these options, but mm -hmm. the most important thing is that you're comfortable with yourself because I also was invited on a live this morning, straight out of bed. I don't know if you saw it. Mm -hmm. And I had on my bonnet and no makeup and my glasses and that was okay too. So I did a whole live that way. Okay. So you you're you're a little bit a few steps ahead of me so um i'll go to walmart with no makeup i'll go to heb you know heb that's my grocery store here i forget that okay. everybody doesn't live in texas yeah. so I'll go, I'll go to the grocery store you know i'll go run errands with no makeup but like if i'm getting on a zoom meeting at work i normally will do my makeup just because i just feel yeah. more confident it feels better. yeah that people will hear what i'm saying without be being distracted by Exactly. And I um, I was not planning on being on this live. This was mm -hmm. something I did for one of my followers, because you know I love my followers mm -hmm. on Instagram. Yes, and I was just waking up, and it said, Fly Girl, 
217, just in case y'all want to know, is going uh, <laughs> is live. And so I was like, oh, let me look at it, right? Mm-hmm. And she was on with somebody. It was just a great conversation they were having. And they kept inviting me to join. Right. Yeah. And and I kept it and I kept declining. Right. And then she says, Girl, get on this fly. And I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. And they, and they were like, No, she's saying she just got out of bed. And fly girl's like, I got my bonnet on. And then another girl logs on and she's got her bonnet on. Right. And I was like, What is happening? So I was like, Well, I'm just gonna do this. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna do this. I've been having that kind of week. This feels like freedom. So I, I just I logged oh, yeah. on and it's a first time I'm seen on social media often without makeup but just to sit and talk without it I've never done go ahead girl it was so amazing isn't it it's freeing it's freeing and people were messaging and they weren't messaging about what I looked like they were messaging Mm -hmm. about what I was saying Mm -hmm. you know and like god that's amazing and you know, you've got a great husband, and you're just you really uh, do. You're pretty good. <laughs> you know, you've got a great husband, and and you're so beautiful. And then I saw some of my followers logging on. I was like, wow. And for a minute, you know, I was just sort of like, they're seeing me. I didn't. I don't know what I was thinking mm-hmm. when I when I logged in. I was just. It was more of like a Zoom call to me. But this was a Instagram live and the girl has followers, you know? <laughs> so there I am on there and I stayed on probably for about 45 minutes. I slept through my day off, but it was also sort of like soul food, you know, yeah. just to not have the makeup on and just have people talking to me and being accepting mm-hmm. of me. And that's a big deal because I've been doing this for a while. Yeah. And I know people accept me, but it was still a nice feeling. It is. It's always a good feeling. Yeah. I, I recently went to Jamaica with some ladies, you know, none of them burn survivors. So I, I was the only burn survivor and it's Jamaica. So we're going to have on our swimsuits and, right. you know, but when I got the invite, I kind of thought about like, did I, do I want to go and be around others who are not burned and, you know, have my swimsuit on because it's always that mental thing. Am I going to be accepted? Are people going to, you know, maybe they might, her. yeah, maybe they might accept you surface level, but you never really know if that, if it's, you know, yeah. you never really know. And it's, it's all of those things that burn survivors think about that maybe, you know, people are like, oh, don't worry about that. that. And we're like, oh my God, that's the biggest worry in my life. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. And, and so I say, you know what? Um, you know, I, I've seen a few other burn survivors. They wear their swimsuits. They look fly. They look yeah. amazing. And they live and they're living their life. So I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And I went and it was the best time. It was the best time. And it I just saw. felt, uh-huh. it, yeah, it was the best time. And it felt good for people to, you know, no, I felt no weird vibes. I felt no, I felt no kind of, you know, any, all the things that I thought about were worse in my head than they were because everything right. was just fine. That's the way it normally is. That's why I told the story of the one time that it wasn't that way. Mm -hmm. But every other time, 99.9% of the time, it's so much worse in your mind Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. then it's going to be in real life. You know, yeah. people aren't going to do that to you and mm-hmm. you don't have to be afraid. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, and I just feel like, you know, I saw your trip to Jamaica mm-hmm. and I bought your book. Tell me about the publishing. I haven't started writing my book yet. But yes. <laughs> yes. So and we can't, wait, we can't wait for that book. So when I was healing, you know, one of the things that took my mind off of the burns and just on something was to write a was to write a book. And so I'm a poet and I love writing poetry. So I would just sit you know, when I wasn't itching, because you, oh yeah, the, the itching almost took me out time. Don't, don't like, even say itching. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't say itching. <laughs> yeah, the itching almost took me clean out. Like some days I would just fall uh, on the floor and just scream because the yep. itching was unrelenting. It would never go away. No, and it was just so bad. I still have one little spot on the back of my shoulder that's like a wow. thin yeah. part of my of a graft yeah and it'll itch and when it itches it's unscratchable you know what i mean like yes yes no matter what you do to it what you do it won't stop three years later three and a half years later right i get my husband he tries he'll scratch and scratch and scratch and but yeah so when you weren't itching so when I wasn't itching, I was I was typing, but I would be typing and itching, like typing and scratching, but it just took my mind off of the burns and the itching and the and the pain. And so I I wrote the poetry book, and it just it was such it's it, amazing. It it just gave me something to to do to get me out of my mind of you're burned, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and then at the same time, I was reading book after book from burn survivors. I have at least 12 books from different burn survivors that I read cover to cover because I needed to know what there was what their experience was like and how they got to the other side. And each person's story is similar but each person's story is unique. And so from each of the books I got a little bit of something different It'll to take with there. me. It'll not get there. It's like Buddhism, take what you need and leave the yes. rest. <laughs> yes. That principle, take what you need. Right. And I took a little bit what I needed from each person's story. And then I thought about books. I was like, man, books do so much good in the world. This poetry book healed me. Mm-hmm. The, the airplane is flying outside, so you might hear Girl, it. we had all kinds of problems. Don't you worry okay. about that. We, we've okay. had feedback. We are real, and everybody knows it. So we're, <laughs> I'm not going to edit it. This is the way life happens. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, and uh-huh. so I was like, this poetry book healed me. Reading other people's books healed me. Both books have so much power to do so, so much good for people. So um, that's when I decided to devote my energy into helping aspiring authors write books, especially people who want to write nonfiction books and share their their stories and their expertise to help other people. So I I started a publishing company, which is my- My aunt, my my baby, um, it's it's something that I pour all of my heart and soul into, and I help people who want who want to write books, you know, write and publish their first book. So I I wrote that workbook that you that you purchased. That I have. Yeah, yeah, and it takes people through the process of writing their book, start to finish. And don't worry if you haven't started yet; you'll get that book done in God's timing. And when it's when it's done, right. it's going to be great for a lot of people. I hope so. That's what. That's why mm-hmm. I want to write one. Yeah. And, and it's just like seeing you having a workbook. I was like, oh, that's another 
sign. I've, let me get this. Let me pre-order. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let me let me make yeah. sure I get this because um, I haven't started. I, you know, started working on life coaching. I'm about to graduate next yes. week Yay. as a life coach. And that's going to free up a lot of time because I do want to get in your workbook and start writing a book because I turn to books too. I love books yes. and I turn to them and I, I, they bring me so much comfort. That's what I got for my birthday. I don't, do you remember oh, me? My, my husband just went to Barnes and Noble and bought me, uh, he bought me one Maya Angelou book that I'd uh -huh. never seen. And then one was like a pocket manual with Maya Angelou that I can carry. I always carry a handbag and a tote bag because of mm -hmm. all the things I need for my skin and mm -hmm. medicine and stuff. And uh, it's small and I can carry it with me. And it's just little quotes of her wisdom. And sometimes I'll just open it and read it. And it'll, you know, similar to reading one of those old Bible verse books, but mm -hmm. I choose to read poetry. So, you know, I mean, that's just, I choose to read poetry, but. Do you write poetry? I don't write poetry. Oh, okay. I I I, I can. Um, I used to draw, and I actually, <laughs> I hadn't drawn in years. And I originally wanted to be a commercial artist, and I decided when I was young that I wasn't going to make any money that way because you know how people tell you that and squash your dreams. And then, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you now: if you're young and you're listening, do whatever you want. Do whatever but, you want whatever you want. I became a paralegal instead and I really hadn't done much with art until one of my friends told me recently, she was like, you're doing art every day. I see it on your face. You know, yes, that's, yes. that's what you're doing. That That's how you're able to do what you do um, because of that background in, in art that I studied for so long. So yes. I, I feel like art and poetry are hand in hand. Oh, definitely. definitely. It's all it's all creative outlets. So if you if you're creative in one area, it tends you tend to be creative in a lot in of another. different things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, you can do it. And this makeup that you're doing right now, like this is a such an amazing skill because there's no way I would be able to do everything you did you did while talking. Like I can do it but I can't concentrate on makeup and talk. To I, hold a, com a conversation and put on lashes would never happen. <laughs> not happening. I need to think, right? <laughs> the left one was going wrong. I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> You're not going wrong today. I do this every day. Right. You know, the lashes, I have no eyelashes. Do you? Oh. Okay, no? my, my eyebrows and my eyelashes, they burned, but they grew back. Oh, okay. So mine... Um, my whole face is skin wraps. My whole face was replaced. And um, the only thing left is my bottom lip. My top lip is not a lip. My eyelids were recreated. I don't know why I can still cry. They, they protect the tear ducts and things. And it's amazing. But, you know, the skin right here came off from my leg. There's no eyebrows growing. So I wear the uh, those adhesive lashy brows because I tried to get, you know, you people are going to say, why didn't you get tattooed? Well, I did. And it wouldn't stay because really? it's not. Yeah. And I had had tattoos prior to being burned. Right. Because uh -huh. uh -huh. I love my, you know, I, you know, I said I always wore makeup. I was always 
Adida, right? And uh, always needed things to look good. And um, it, they were perfect whenever I um, had them the first time. But this time, I had them done twice, spent a large amount of money with two different ladies. And it's not their mm -hmm. fault right. because they were both like, we don't know. We just don't know if that's going to work, right? Right. right. And um, but I was... I was determined at that point because I just felt like I wanted something that was mine, even though these lashy brows are dope and they actually they are dope. I thought they were microblade. They're on fleek. They're dope. They right. And mm -hmm. uh <laughs> yeah, yeah, they look like microblades, but they actually have hair. And that's wow. something I like too, because I mean they're actually little eyebrow wigs with human hair. <laughs> so it's very tactile when people get people can come this close to me and not know right that these are glued on they're amazing wow. but still i wanted you know how we want things i mm -hmm. wanted it wasn't good enough i want to get the tattoos because it'll be part of me i won't have to deal with it i don't have to mm -hmm. take them on and they're my eyebrows mm -hmm. even if they don't have hair they're mm -hmm. mine right mm -hmm. Yeah. No, girl. $1,100 or so later, <laughs> the tattoos lasted about three weeks. Mm. So if you're out there and you're hearing me considering it and you've got the skin grafts, you know, be prepared. Talk to you. That's interesting. Be prepared. The, the skin is different thicknesses. That's what I was going to say. And they don't know where the skin came from. They just know how to do it for... Um, you know, if for standard skin, which is a certain thickness, they know how deep to go. They, you know, because I wasn't microbladed, I was getting tattoos, and that didn't work. Mm -hmm. I prefer tattoos because they leave scars, but the tattoo didn't work. And then I went to a lady who did tattoos and microblading, mm -hmm. that didn't work. And um, it was just like very. That kind of got me down. And then I was like, wait a minute, I've got these lashy grabs. Let me just mm -hmm. really commit to wearing these guys, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so I treat them like my own brows. You know, mm -hmm. I keep them on my face and I put, um, you know, brow powder in them or whatever. It's just I mm -hmm. commit to it. So, you know, you just, there's so many things we could use as far as looks, but there's, there's also as many things that we can use for killing our soul like the writing i don't have your book i'm ashamed of that i didn't realize i thought okay. that i had your book <laughs> i thought your book was you do, the, uh, you was do the, have my book you have one of them so uh, yeah, you do <laughs> but i don't <laughs> I, I will be getting the other ones <laughs> you're so sweet you're so sweet tanya well, i love books anyway and I, of course i'm going to support that but yeah you know, it's just amazing that you've done this because mm -hmm. I would, okay, so what I've gathered from the story as we're winding down yeah. is that, first of all, I would never expect to be that injured from putting cold fries in hot grease. Don't this do is it. something we all do. Right. Don't right. Do I would mm -hmm. never expect mm -hmm. that injury. Mm -mm. from that so mm -hmm. it had to be so shocking mm -hmm. for you just like you know for me I know it was shocking because it's not that we were in burning buildings trying to get out 
thinking maybe we could get burned. Right. We weren't. Right. We were just doing Everything something that we always do. Out. Right. And doing something we always do, and then suddenly we're on fire or burned. Right. And I am truly shocked at how um, much damage that Greece did. And I hope that people hear that mm-hmm. because you're always told to be careful with it. But we're, God, we've yeah. been doing this for years. Come on, yeah. right? I mean, I would never, I mean, now I'd be scared because I'm scared of the oven just a little. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting better. I'm, I'm cooking, but I'm still a little, yeah, because, of the, because of the gas and the flame, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's a little, I was too. I had to get, get therapy to get back in the kitchen. You know, it took months, but I, I'm back in there now. It's just I gather the, the strength that I hear from you, and then you know, realizing that through social media, you found people, and mm-hmm. that's why I do what I do. It's not, you know, I'm not a young kid. I'm not just doing stuff for. Mm-hmm. Fun. I really want people to know that people like me and you are out there for them, mm-hmm. ready to help them and telling our stories, telling our truth. Yes. And I think this podcast does the same. Yes. If you just listen, the stories are similar. Mm-hmm. But they're very different. And mm-hmm. to be cooking French fries. Mm-hmm. To go from mm-hmm. cooking French fries to a burn survivor, <laughs> to, yes, to a three-week coma, right, is so traumatic. It is, really. it is. But you it overcame is. it. Yeah, and I wouldn't change anything, Tanya. I wouldn't change anything. Me neither. Mm-mm. I wouldn't change a thing because I have grown. Mm-hmm. I love what I do, and I think we're both walking in our purpose. I I believe that. I believe okay. it pushed me into my purpose. And mm-hmm. I believe it pushed you into your purpose. And now you're going to be a life coach. And that's going to be a may, you, you know, yeah, that's going to be an amazing thing that's going to touch a lot of people. And, you know, it's what? all about our purpose in life. You know, that's what we right. were put on this earth to do. Yeah, What we're doing. And, and you know, I, it's just I did the life coach thing because I talked to so many people that I needed to be sure that I was leaving people better than I found them. Yes. So you may not see me. You won't be able to call Burn Beauty up for life coaching, but I, I will be through my charity, um, Burn Beauty Inc., which is a nonprofit. Um, God has given me a lot of help with that too. Someone that can help me get a grant writer and get um, funds that I can actually distribute to burn survivors. And, you know, as far as, uh, I will be a life coach. I can talk to you and help you figure out your next step. What do you do now? Because that's the biggest question mm-hmm. you're going to face as a burn survivor, don't you think? Yes, like, that's, that's the one I asked myself in the hospital. What am I going to do now? What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest question. And that's where decisions get made. Mm-hmm. That's where overcoming occurs mm-hmm. um what am i going to do now i will tell you the number one thing so my skin grabs are like uh, extra strength botox i can talk without moving my 
and do my lip thing. <laughs> Let me just explain that to y'all. <laughs> it's the best that I will never need Botox. <laughs> These are all grafts. And then I and then I get to draw my top lip. See, it has no shape. So I draw it every day. That's why I got the piercing. It helps me. <laughs> the placement, right? It helps you with the placement. That's so cool. <laughs> That's why I got the piercing, yeah, because everything is crooked. Y'all ladies, you know, pay attention <laughs> to the stuff I do because my eyes and my over here and my nose over here and my mouth is over there. But when you look at me, you're not going to know any of that. And it's all, all you have to do is just look at yourself in the mirror and see where things need to go in order just keep trying. I mean, and when you get it and when you sit back and it looks right, nailed it. You know, <laughs> that's how you do it. Because <laughs> it's all about everything they think. But anyway, it's uh, this has been a glorious conversation. I do want to say just I had the worst week. Um, yeah, I know. I know. With loss and just with. Uh, stress and everything and my heart right now feels so happy mm -hmm. because I heard things that I mm -hmm. didn't know mm -hmm. about you even though we've done stuff together I didn't know that you mm -hmm. ran and look at your face too yeah I didn't know that you had those that you were aware of those nightmares mm -hmm. you know I I didn't know you went out with the fentanyl. All I knew was that every time I see you, you are doing something new mm -hmm. or doing something with your kids mm -hmm. or, you know, starting a company and helping others, mm -hmm. you know, not just writing books, but hey, let me help show you how you can write your mm -hmm. own book and tell your truth. So, it all comes back to it does. giving. It does. And uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. I, I feel did. like um, it reminds me to be thankful. Mm -hmm. You know, like it was a rough week and things are bad, but we are here. We're here. And we are here to help others. So yes. if you had a final thought for everyone or a final bit of advice, what would you tell people that? to get through. First, I, I just want to say thank you. If you watch this video, thank you. Thank you. Um, and then final bit of advice to get through, um, especially if you're some a burn survivor or someone living with scars or some type of physical disfigurement, um, realize that it doesn't affect your value or your worth as a person. That, that comes from the inside. You know, that comes from the inside. And you are... You can create whatever life you want for yourself. You know, you just right. it just starts in your mind. So first, accept yourself fully the way you are, okay. you know, fully the way you are, and then go, go after what you want. And it's possible. It's 100% possible because you're doing it. And I started out just to make videos to mm -hmm. or the video you saw. Yes. <laughs> yes. Help other burn survivors. And now my goals have changed because I realize I can make it bigger and really make, if I work hard enough, really make it more commonplace to see mm -hmm. 
and and you know that's already happening. That's it's already trending for people with uh, yes. differences. Mm-hmm. But I want to be a part of it too. You know, I want to be a part of helping redefine beauty standards and redefine what you see on social media and because it will affect how you feel about yourself. And that is dope. That's it. That, here we have Ebony DeBras, who's amazing, with six kids. And we did a dope daytime look. So <laughs> that's what Burn Survivors do. And I agree with Ebony. That whatever you want to do, you can, but not until you fully accept your self as you are you're going to keep hearing the term your new normal and it's going to drive you nuts everybody's <laughs> going to keep saying it but it kind of is it but for me it wasn't my new normal it was accepting my new me but i'm still the same inside mm-hmm. everything inside was the same except i was stronger mm-hmm. yeah and that's what you are too so I hope you joined this. Thank you so much for watching. And um, this is Burn Beauty 2018. You joined us again for episode five of Burn the Ambition. Ebony and I thank you. And whatever you're going through, this too shall pass.